Syracuse takes down Georgia Tech 80-63. Francesco Simone and Liam Griffith to break it all down. Liam, an important win for Syracuse, one that the Orange could not afford to lose. Absolutely, Francesco. When you look up and down the schedule, not a ton of gimme games left. Our colleague Ethan Frank wrote an article about it Mm. not too long ago. This was a gimme game in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, Yeah, I know it's on the road against the Georgia Tech team that beat Miami in that building. Syracuse lost to earlier this week. But that's a win you just had to have. Yeah, absolutely. A one win in the ACC Georgia Tech team. Syracuse had to that's win this good. game. That's not no, good. No, Liam, you're right. That's not, that's not a good record to have. And listen, we talk about, oh, they have to make the NCAA tournament and yada, yada, yada. They got to win games one step at a time. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and they did that today. A big reason why, Liam, is because of, of Joe Girard. He was outstanding oh, he was today. fantastic. Especially in the first half where he was really the only guy who showed up. Oh, yeah, he was the only guy who showed up. I mean... He finally rediscovered that three-point stroke that he didn't have against Miami, and the fact that he was still able to produce against the Hurricanes despite not being able to shoot from outside is a very good sign going forward. He had it today, and he also brought what he brought against Miami to today's game. The ability to get inside, Mm. back down a defender, turn around, put a fadeaway jumper Mm. per se, and score. We have not seen that from him, and it's like Buddy Beheim. He sort of grew over time in that manner, Similar to what Joe is doing now. Yeah, especially you talk about the Miami game. Joe was one for eight against the Hurricanes, but he still had 21 points. And Beheim still said he had a pretty good game, and he did have a pretty he good game. He did have a pretty good game. He was a big reason why Syracuse had a chance to win. And you mentioned that mid-range, you know, back down a defender, fadeaway jumper game. That's so important because if you've got, you know, any one of a number of games where Joe Girard is not at his best from three, he can still contribute in this other way. He's not going to rebound. He had five today, but as a guard, it's like, you know, the ball bounced to you. Congratulations, you got a rebound, right? Right. The assisting, he had seven today. He can contribute in that way, but he's not the primary ball handler. He has to contribute from a scoring standpoint because he's the best scorer they've got. Right, by far. So, exactly. So if he's got something to hedge off of his three-point shot, it's so huge, not just for him, but for the team. Oh, my God. Francesco, I know we talked about this earlier, like, this team can take another level offensively when Joe Girard is yeah. getting inside. And the fa- I think another thing about his game that's so important, Francesco, seven assists and yeah. five rebounds. Yeah, I kind of— He wasn't—the yeah. points weren't the only thing mm. that was popping up on the stat sheet. And two turnovers, which you don't love, that's but isn't bad, a lot no, in the grand bad, scheme no. of things. In fact, Syracuse had only eight in the game. Yeah, No, they've, they fell into the ball well. And I, I glossed over the seven assists, and I shouldn't have, because it's— it's important, especially he's not he's not the point guard of this team anymore. Judah Mintz, obviously, and Judah had six assists today as well. But when you can have that secondary ball handler in Joe Girard, it just creates so many more problems for right. the defense. You can play pick and roll with Jesse Edwards, with Mintz, and with Girard. He can space the floor more. You can have two really two players who at least are capable of playing point guard at a relatively high level. That's so big for this offense. It opens everything up. It absolutely does, Francesco. He is. He, he, and and we talked about this earlier as well. For how maligned Joe Girard is, oh, yeah. it's undeserved. He's you can't yeah. you can't you would have a hard time finding eight point guards last year that were better than him in the ACC. No, I mean he was in he was an okay ACC point guard last year, and he's turned into a really good two guard. I mean, that's, dare, dare I say the best shooting guard in the ACC? I I'd, I'd have to do the research, but he's he's very good. He's he's a he's one of the better scorers in the entire conference. The Far number none. the, the, the numbers the numbers support that, and he's. He's been the reason why Syracuse has had its head above water. Why Syracuse is now 6-3 and three in the ACC, albeit, listen, you haven't beaten the big guns yet, I get that. But you've beaten the teams you're supposed to beat for the most part. 
Pitt, you can argue, but Pitt's been good. So it's... Pitt, Pitt, Pitt is in Lenardi's bracket. Yeah, no, Pitt, I mean, Pitt's been good. You had a chance at him, but you lost him. It happens, right? Yep. It's You've beaten everybody you should be. And there you've been go. in position to beat two teams, Pitt and Miami, that you could have beaten, but maybe you weren't expected to. So, And that's a big reason for that is because of Joe Girard's contributions. He's been outstanding. He's taken a lot of criticism throughout his, his now three and a half years here, where it's like, you know, oh, he's playing out of position, which he was, right? He's not a natural yeah. point guard. But there were people saying, oh, he should be, he should have gone to the Patriot League. He's not good enough to play oh, in the ACC. God. I mean, that's not, you know, I, I think we've all we, seen we now. Love the, we love our townies here in Central New York. They <laughs> take it a little too far sometimes. We, I think we've all seen now that those those takes might have been a little too hot. Just he's, a little bit. He's, he's a really, really good player. Appreciate him while you got him. Is he going to make mistakes here and there? Yeah, he's not perfect. But he's he's good. You should be glad to have him. And listen, he's going to be a big part of this team going forward the rest of this year in terms of if they want to do anything, anything success-wise, he's going to have to be the mainstay. And speaking of success, Liam, Malik Brown, a career-high 18 points today for the true freshman yes. out of Culpeper, Virginia, a guy who I yes. think is a, a future NBA player. He is just really good at what he does. He knows he's not a shooter. He knows he's not a ball handler, and he's okay with that. Interesting you talk about knowing not being a shooter we'll and a get ball to, handler. We'll because... get to that. We're going to get to that. He's Malik Brown stands around the rim. He grabs rebounds. Didn't, didn't have he a builds crazy, his role well. Exactly. Brown didn't have a crazy amount today. He only had four, but still. He was around there. He was getting tip-ins. He's dunking the ball. He's having layups wide open from passes from either Mintz or Gerard. He's... He's just really, really solid. He's, you know, he's not perfect in the zone yet, but he's getting better. There's not much more you could have asked out of him. And when he's on the court, Liam, he just provides a spark for this team. He absolutely does, Francesco. Once Malik Brown got into the game, or I should have prefaced this by saying, like, at the start of the game, the transition defense slash offense, putrid. Slow, lazy, insert negative adjective. It, It was bad. But once Malik Brown entered the game, it kicked up a notch. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that comes from being active. He's not as athletic as a Benny Williams, who, oh boy, we'll get into in a minute. Oh, yeah. But if you can bring to that, it makes you that much more valuable. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, let's get into Benny Williams right now, shall uh, we? He's eight minutes. He scored a point. Yes, a singular point. Yes, one, one more than you and I did. One is greater than zero, though. That's you know, Liam. That's a good point you bring. You up. You, lo- you you need to find the optimism with things like that. I suppose you do. Grab three rebounds in eight minutes. I guess suppose that's not nothing, but it's not a whole lot. He's an enigma, man. I. He's got all the physical tools in the world. He can jump out of the gym. He's six nine, two fifteen. He's big. He's physical. The problem he has, Liam, is Jim Beheim wants to play him at power forward. He's not good enough to sh- uh, is not he's not a good enough shooter or rebounder. No, no, no. He's not a good enough rebounder to play power forward. He's not a good enough shooter to play the three, which is what he wants to play. So it's like a a, a clash between two Rams. Those two going at each other. Benny's saying I want to handle the ball on the perimeter. Jim's saying you're not good enough to do it. Get in the paint, and it's it's leading to. Just ineffectiveness, and it's it's something that has to be fixed whether Benny getting it through his head, okay, I'm not good enough to play the three right now. Let me do what I can. Let me use my athleticism to rebound, to play defense. If my shot's not falling, I can still contribute. Versus, you know, Jim Beheim saying, okay, we'll play you at the three, but then you lose the, the shooting threat of a Taylor, you lose the shooting threat of a Bell, who, listen, 
They're Jekyll and Hyde as well, but at least there's no that. No rebounds for Chris Bell, by the I, way. I, yeah, well, Over 18 minutes. The sky is blue, Liam, in other news. But also, when you when those two get taken out and you put Benny Williams at the three, which Bayheim has done a couple of times here and there this year, you don't have at least an option to go to who is you know is a really talented shooter. Right. So you can't do that. It's, Liam, I, for the life of me, I don't know what you do. <laughs> tell, tell me. Hey, help me out. I, Jim Beheim has also said it. I don't know what's going yeah. on. So if we don't know what's if going on, know. I don't know how Jim Beheim if, is going to know. Well, if Jim doesn't know, I don't know how we're going to know. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, like, he is. I he's don't, an enigma, man. I don't want to say it, but it's true. He's turning into, he's turning into, like, one of the biggest busts in recent memory. I mean, it's. In terms of SU recruits. And it's so frustrating because you've I know. Seen, we've seen the talent. He's got raw potential, too. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, we've seen the talent. It was. Yeah, the Boston College game sticks out. He has a double double. He had a good a, game against Miami, too. He did have a good game against Miami. You're right. It's just the. It's the. He's. He wants to be something that Jim Beheim doesn't think he's good enough to be right now. And, I mean, it's just created a, a situation that to me is becoming untenable. Yeah. Do you when, start when Malik he, Brown? I do, but I don't know if Jim Beheim will. So you would you would play because Brown played thirty two minutes today. Pretty good. Which is, I mean, that's starters minutes. He played well too. He did play well. Eighteen points is really good. And Benny played eight. That's starter and bench just reversed, right? Benny Williams had started the second half. Jim Beheim plays his starters to begin the second period. What? Benny plays understandable. Right, which makes sense. Benny plays a minute, gets taken out, doesn't see the court again. After the game, he's dejected. He's upset. I understand why. It's it's so tough, man, because you don't, you know, and in this age of NIL and transfer portal, you have to think about it this way as well. If he doesn't play, he's going to leave, which you don't want to lose a talent like that, but it just feels like it's just not working out, man. Like, it, no, it, sometimes it, it just happens that's exact, that way. That's exactly what's going on. And maybe at this point, a better, another school would be a better fit for Benny. And which is so hard to, to admit. Because he's got that talent that you'll want to tap into. Right. That, that's what makes it hard. And college basketball, the landscape of it nowadays with the transfer portal, it's brutal. It really yeah. is. No, I mean, it's a wild west out there. And it's, you know, it's good for the players having opportunities. But the grass is not always greener, as we've seen. There are plenty of uh, transfers who went somewhere else and got less playing time or played worse. So it's, you know, it, sometimes a marriage is just not meant to be. Uh, yeah. Between sad as sad though as it may sad, be, as sad though it may be, Liam, it's sometimes it's just not meant to be for two entities to be together. And listen, you don't want to put the final nail in the coffin yet. There's still a long season to go. Maybe he turns it around. I listen. If he hasn't done it yet, I doubtful. But I suppose anything can happen. It's possible. It's it's not a unlikely. But this possible. this is not going to end well. Would be right. my my final take on yeah. Benny Williams. That's a good, that's a good reaction. That's a good reaction. The side. All right, Liam, give me the biggest storyline that you took from this game besides Joe and Benny slash Malik. Oof. Don't say good your Copeland. I'm tempted to. I know you are. I know you are. Hmm. The free throw shooting has to be better. Free throws matter. 12 of 18 is not good. Judah Mintz going 5 good. of 9 as no. a point guard is not good. No. That can't happen against North Carolina. That can't no. happen. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean... And Judah's been he's a, he's a, a close to eighty percent on the season in terms of foul shooting. He's been good overall, but Judah's going to be the guy. Him and yeah, him really who's going to get fouled the most because he's the guy who drives. He's the guy who's going to the basket. Him and Jesse really, uh, but Judah more so because he's got the ball in his yep. hands more. Um, 
when he gets to the line, which he's done a lot and which he's going to do a lot going forward, he's got to make him. No, you're 100% right. Five for nine is is not ideal. You leave four points out there on the board, and you know you win this game by 17 points, 80 to 63. But you know against a Georgia Tech team who had one win in ACC play. You mentioned North Carolina. They got to play Virginia Tech again. Who listen as bad as they've a stretch they didn't, they've they didn't had. Have Hunter Couture. Right, and as bad of a stretch as they've had. Still have a lot of talent on that team. Then Absolutely. you got then you got to play Virginia. You got to play all the you know the the meat and potatoes of the ACC schedule. Meat and potatoes, I like that a lot. Uh, that, thank you, I appreciate that. You got to be able to hit your free throws. You're 100 right. Anything else you got that sticks out to you from this game? To me, it's at least it's the three point ball. I mean, Joe Girard goes six for ten. The rest of the team but, goes for four. But those are the only six that they made. Exactly. And that's okay. But I will say. Claudia Copeland, impressed. Six rebounds in 17 minutes. Yeah, I mean, Chris Bell. You, what you, what uh, Beheim would not give to see Chris Bell do that? I know, I know. Chris Bell had one rebound. No, no, no rebounds. rebounds. In 18 minutes, Justin Taylor played five minutes. And had no rebounds. Did not get a rebound. The only stat he recorded was, what, a steal? Yep, the Tony Snell stat line, almost. The, or the Wilson Chandler stat line, depending on your, your delineation there. But if Copeland can provide a little bit of that energy off the bench, Liam, I know you love the guy. I do. But the issue is that he's not a good shooter. Yeah, he, he took one three today. That I, didn't even. Hit I the won't rim. deny he's not a good shooter. Did not even I hit the rim. He's, he's one for four on the season from three. So that's not his role, though. No, it's not. But the the point is though, he's playing the three, as is Taylor and Bell. So if if the option is Taylor Bell or Copeland, you got to have either Taylor or Bell out there because if it's Copeland, you don't have that threat of a, of a three point shooter, which right. is tough to play offense with. That that is true. All right, Liam. Any final thoughts? Play a full 40 against North Carolina. Crash the glass. Do they, nope. win, do they win that game? No. No. Unfortunately, Do they no. keep it close, though? Yes. Do they, they beat do Virginia Tech? At Virginia Tech? That's tough, man. No. Do they beat Virginia at home? No. So you think you're saying 0-3? I think they lose the next three, unfortunately. That would be that'd be tough. I think I think you got to get one. You have to get one. Not. Th- I don't know if they will, but they got to get one. Yeah. They got to get one. All right. Well, we'll see if I they think, get one. I think out of these three... This is the most winnable game, though, North Carolina. Because it's at home? Yeah. Okay. I can. I I would probably say VT by a hair, but I, I don't hate that take. I don't hate that take. We'll see what happens, though. That we will. The next, one, will. The next one coming up for Syracuse men's basketball is Tuesday, 9 p.m. in the Dome against Ooh, North boy. Carolina. Get your coffee ready. Stay up for that one. That's going to be a long night for everyone in the 315. Ooh, yeah. In terms of today, Syracuse 80, Georgia Tech 63, Syracuse up to 6-3. In ACC play, but now the gauntlet really starts coming up in just a couple of days. He's Liam Griffin. I'm Francesco Simone. Thank you so much for tuning in, and as always, go Orange.